This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hi, Mike. You're not Fraser. You're <laughs> no, I'm not Fraser. Hi. <laughs> uh, I am from the British Isles, but I am not Fraser Spears. Mm. Uh, Fraser is out on assignment this week, so Federico has brought me in uh, to talk about something that I am kind of uniquely qualified for. Federico, mm. what are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, the, the so-called multi-pad lifestyle and the idea mm-hmm. of having and using multiple iPads, more than one iPad on a daily basis, on a regular basis, which is something that I'm not sure that you pioneered, but you definitely made a thing I believe, especially because, you know, you used to talk about this on Cortex with CGP Grey, and then Grey kind of stopped using the iPad, but you kept on using the the iPad, in fact, multiple iPads, and I've seen you mm-hmm. use m- multiple iPad Pros, which is really interesting to me, and you kind of kind of convinced me to try to do the same and i think it's a it's an interesting discussion because we you know here on canvas we usually talk about just having a single ipad pro so i wanted to ask you what is a multi-pad lifestyle how how would you define it what the things you do with multiple ipads so the multi-pad lifestyle um was created I guess, in part by CGP Grey and myself. Um, I think it was a life that he started to lead, and then we kind of established it together. Uh, And I believe that this began in episode 27 of Cortex, which was back in April 2016. Mm. And then it has been a thread that has run throughout our uh, show to this day. Um, And and as you say, like, Grey uses the iPad less these days. Mm -hmm. He's moved back to the Mac for, for a lot of things, but I have remained fully entrenched in uh, my iPad life, which includes the multi-pad lifestyle. And really, you know, th- we've made it into like a fun thing, but the idea is, where it came from, was imagining what the future of computing could be and thinking about the fact that potentially what the future of computing will be will not be like one device that you use, but like a series of devices. Like imagine a bunch of screens laid out in front of you and there is an image um, of, I believe this is like, there's a Star Trek image of Captain Picard with a bunch of slates, like screens in front of him. That's kind of like the idea. I think that was where uh, Grey had this like in front of him like at this idea because seeing all of these like these 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 pictures these this picture of like captain picard of all of these screens it's like well that's in theory what we will be in the future like why why have windows when you can just have multiple screens around you and you can do with them as you need some are single use some are not um and you know the multi-pad lifestyle can mean many things to many people like so for some people it could be having an ipad which just lives in your kitchen right? And that that is something that you use for recipes or something in lieu of a product like the Echo Show, right? You could have a permanent iPad kind of affixed to something in your kitchen, which I do have, actually. Mm. Um, I have an old iPad, old like 9.7 inch iPad, whatever the one before the Pro. Uh, It just lives in the kitchen and it's there if we ever want to bring up a recipe. Um, It's there if we want to order something and nobody has a device on them, you know, that kind of stuff. So we have that kind of just there, it just lives there, just giving that device some life, which it would not have otherwise, right? It would have been donated or recycled or whatever. Um, but for me, the multi-pad lifestyle 
is really focused around running my iOS iPad life the way that a lot of people run their Mac life, having a home computer and a travel computer, so a desktop and a laptop. This is a very regular use case for a lot of people, right? You have like an iMac on your desk at home, and then when you maybe are sitting on the sofa or maybe you're going out uh, into the world, go to a coffee shop, or you're traveling, obviously you can't put your iMac in your bag because that would be ridiculous, so you take your laptop. Hmm. I employ this method with iPads. So for some time now, I have had a 12.9-inch iPad Pro, the big one, that I use at home, and I use it wherever I am at home, by and large. And then I will take my 10.5-inch iPad Pro whenever I leave the home. My 12.9-inch iPad never leaves home. It always stays home. And if I'm ever outside of the home, I'm t- I take the 10.5 with me. Like, I'm getting ready to go on a trip tomorrow, actually, as we record this. And my 10.5 is in my backpack right now. That's the device that I'll take with me. So that's how it tends to run for me. There are times where, like, if I'm working on something specifically complex and need more than the three apps the iPad can give me, I will break out the other iPad. And I, there are many times where I have sat with two iPads in front of me and I'm working on both of them. Uh, at the same time, but I only ever do that in extenuating circumstances. iOS 11 actually has reduced the amount that I need to do this because you have the third slide over app, mm-hmm. right, that can can kind of live, which, by the way, I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, that third slide over app has, like, significantly changed the way that I use um, my iPads and the way that I get things done That to the point where I only ever need the one device now. Like, it has made that a lot, lot better for me. I, you know, there's stuff I would love to see. I would love, something I would love, Federico, and I'm sure you will agree, is the ability to freely resize that window. Um, I would love to sometimes make it a little bit bigger and still be able to swipe it, swipe, uh, swipe it away. Um, yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, it really has made a big, big, big difference to me to have that third app. So, but yeah, so that's, have I kind of given you a good yeah. explanation yes. of why I, I do it? I think for me, it's just like, if you have more than one computer of any kind in your life, this should be able to be relatable to you. Like a lot of people say like, what do you have two iPads for? That's wild. But most people would not like bat an eyelid to somebody having two Macs. Like for some reason that mm. like there is just this inherent reason that like the, it's okay for the Mac just because the iPad Pro is, is, is like not as big as an iMac Pro. But the iPad Pro is still a really friggin' big device, right? Like for an iPad, as the biggest it can be, yeah. you know. So, you know, having that ten point five makes it nice and portable, and it's like having a little MacBook or something taken around with me. Yeah, and I guess the the question right there would be because this is this is the kind of question that I that I also get all the time on Twitter and email. Why two iPads instead of having like a big iMac and then like a small MacBook? That you take with you yeah. when you travel. Why? Why the iPads instead of multiple Macs? Well, it's like I said, could say to you, Federico, like, what, what's what's wrong with you? Why are you using two Macs? Why don't you use two Linux machines? <laughs> right? It's like the, the, to me that is what you're saying to me because I like iOS. Right. Right. Like if yeah. <laughs> if my if my iMac Pro or if my iMac I should say or an, an iMac Pro ran iOS, yeah, I'd probably use that. Right, like on a day-to-day basis, just I prefer iOS to macOS. It's just my preference. I prefer everything about the system, from the App Store to the security of the system to 
the fact that I can't easily screw things up on my own, right? Because I right. do something stupid. Yeah. Uh, the reliability, the battery life that the, those machines get. Um, I much prefer the window model that it has rather than just like I'm looking at my Mac right now and there's like six things and they're all different sizes and they're all over the place and I can still see the desktop. Like that doesn't work for me anymore. I like the organization the iOS gives me. That's just my personal preference. I'm not saying it's better or worse for everyone, but it's better for me. I feel like people listening to this show, I, do, I feel like I maybe don't need to explain myself as much, right? Like, I'm in the mode <laughs> of when we talk on Connected, and then I yes. get, like, people that love the Mac, like, just, like, throwing bombs at me for two weeks yeah. after I say it. I feel like surely people listening to this show understand where I'm coming from with this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, there is just the inherent simplicity coupled mm-hmm. with the incredible power of the iPad is why I love iOS, right? Like yeah. there is way more power on the Mac, but it's way more complicated. Like I do not feel like a like a like a Mac power user, but I feel like an iOS power oh, user. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um and I you know I set up a a text replacement on my iPad uh, with the default response that I send to every to anybody who asks me why do you use the iPad why uh, why don't you just use a MacBook and so I created this like default response that says uh, it's because I prefer iOS as a platform I talked about this many times it's like a whole <laughs> explanation that it's I just need one of those. it's a shortcut because every once in a while like once a week there's the the, the person on Twitter who's like oh, why don't you just use a MacBook you're wasting your time with the ipad it's like there are reasons and i talked about them but yes this is you know canvas is a safe environment uh, for you mike it's uh, everybody everybody understands here and i wanted we're to, all friends we're yeah. all friends indeed so i wanted to i wanted to kind of ask you when you when you got started with this idea of multiple ipads what kind of any if any uh, difficulty did you find in the process of going from one iPad to two iPads? Was there any any issue in, in going that in that direction? That is a very good question, Federico. Before I answer, we're going to take a break and thank Samebox. Uh, I bet every person that is listening to this show has something that they don't like about email. I have many things that I don't like about email. But one thing that I do like is that Sanebox has been making my life a lot easier recently. Because sometimes I look at my inbox and I'm like, I just want to archive all of this because there's just so much junk in here, right? This is how I felt in the past. But the problem with email is it all kind of looks the same on the surface. Like to really know if something's junk or not, or like a pointless thing that you don't need to reply to, Sometimes you have to open the email, and that's just really frustrating. There is no way at a simple glance to kind of just work out what everything is. But what if a machine did this for you? Wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted and taken care of before it hits your inbox? This is what Samebox is all about. Samebox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff to different folders that you can set up, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones that you need. And the great thing about this is you don't need to use a specific app. It will use... It, like you can use this and it will work in any application that you use. I like two, two of my favorite things about Samebox. So there's like the two folders you can set up. And there are so many options, by the way. Um, and actually, I'll say one thing that I was a little bit like, oh, no, I get a lot of like sales emails, like inbound emails from people. Um, and I wasn't, I, you know, I was like, oh, is Samebox going to like just take all those away and hide them from me? But when you're signing up, it asks you this question, basically. Like, do you get a lot of email from people you've never heard of before, and is that important to you? 
And when you say yes, it like pulls back on some of the filtering stuff. I loved that. It was like they completely put me at ease when I was going through the sign-up process. But two, two of the features that I love, Sane is called the black hole, which basically if I put an email into the black hole folder, no, I will never ever receive an email from that person in my inbox ever again. They are gone forever, which is great because I get a bunch of these messages where people treat me like I signed up for a list, but I never actually did. Um, and I also like the same news where I have a bunch of newsletters that I read, but sometimes I will archive them if my inbox is too full, even though I want to read them. But Sane News takes them out of my inbox and I can just go in to look at my Sane News folder whenever I'm ready to go and read one of my wonderful email newsletters, like Club Max Stories, for Yay. example. <laughs> to help you get a little more organization in your inbox, we've worked with SaneBox to get you a great deal. Go to SaneBox.com slash canvas right now and you'll get a two-week free trial and an extra $20 credit just because you listen to this show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. That is SaneBox.com, S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com slash canvas now thanks the same box for their support of this show part of the issues federico mm -hmm. in setting these devices up are the same issues that are prevalent for the entire time that you will want to use multiple devices mm. and you know this is probably not new to anyone right like if you use two macs or whatever you use two iphones it's the same kind of deal because unless I mean, Apple only do this with the Apple TV right now, right? Where they'll sync settings and apps and stuff yeah. from TV to TV. Um, I wish they would do this for iOS devices. I understand why they don't, because this is such a niche use case, I think. And also, you know, if I'm Apple, I don't know if I want to stand on stage and be like, oh, just buy like four iPads <laughs> now, because they all sync. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's like a message you really want to put out into the world. Like, For those of you with two iPhones and three iPads... <laughs> <laughs> finally everything will now be in sync right like it kind of i don't know like it maybe just doesn't feel yeah. like the right the right thing i mean so like setting them up is always a nightmare right because it kind of doesn't matter what setup you choose you're you're gonna lose a day right whether you decide to restore from an iCloud backup or set it up fresh you've lost your whole day because like you'll open your email app and all of a sudden like everything is signed out and you have to put your passwords back in again. You know, it's always something or like you, you open an application and all of the data that you're expecting to be there doesn't exist anymore. You know, like the setting up of them is, is always a pain. So like, that's not, that's not particularly different to anything else. Um, one of the problems that I, that you will have with this setup is if you want to have two different sized iPads, which is how I recommend it personally, having the 10.5 and the 12.9, you're going to need multiple accessories because the majority of the accessories are sized for the devices, right? So, like, I have two smart keyboards. Of course. Um, if I wanted to have one of those lovely leather sleeves like you do, I would need two of those, yep. right? Yeah, <laughs> But uh, I, don't, I actually don't do that. Um, one of the reasons I know a lot of people uh, will use one of those leather sleeves is so they have somewhere for their Apple Pencil to go as well. Um, I use a product by a company called Leuchterm 1917, and they are a pen and paper company, Federico. And they make a little pen loop, which just is a sticker, and you can get it in a bunch of different colors. And I just stick one of those to the back of my iPad, and then like that's how I keep my Apple Pencil attached 
24-7. And I've used this forever. I mean, this is, you know, a lot of the stuff around the Apple Pencil, I was able to kind of hack around because I'm a pen and paper guy, right? So, like, there are a lot of answers out there for me, which I could just immediately see. Like, as soon as I had my Apple Pencil, I was like, I need some way to to keep this attached. Well, in the pen and paper world, if you want to stick a pen to your notebook, you just buy a pen loop. So I bought a pen loop and then just stuck it to my iPad, um, which doesn't bother me because I cover my iPads in stickers. You know, that's that's it's part of my personal brand, Federico. Yeah, I know. As you well know. <laughs> I know. Uh, but that's something that I love to do. So sticking a bright and colorful pen loop on the back is is no problem. Um, but yeah, I have uh, two smart keyboards. Um, one for the 10.5, one for the 12.9. I do also have uh, two Apple Pencils, just so it's the setup is always the same, right? Like, I did this because considering that these devices are like home and travel, like, I, if I can imagine a time, I throw my iPad into my bag, get to my destination, and my Apple Pencil is attached to my 12.9-inch iPad, right? I could just see that that was going to be my life, so I picked up a second Apple Pencil, um, which is, you know, it it worked out fine because I bought that second one like way after because I still have my original Apple Pencil, mm-hmm. you know, so like it was like a year or whatever afterwards and I bought my second one. Um, and I have been happy about the fact that up to this point, Apple have not done anything to rev the Apple Pencil. So like that, that I whilst I've had to buy like a new smart keyboard or whatever, I haven't needed to to buy new stuff so like even my um my 12.9 inch ipad pro i'm still using the original smart keyboard even though i have a new version of the ipad right because i just never bought a new smart keyboard it's still the same yeah because it's also all the same stuff so that's been pretty good so far actually that those accessories whilst expensive i've had a good life out of them Mm -hmm. honestly like they've lasted multiple years they're still both in great condition um i've never needed to change one of my pencil tips um, I must not write hard enough. Uh, I've never lost a cap or anything like that. I've done pretty well so far, I think. Yeah. Um, so have you? But I have come across a. Uh, go on, go on, you go. So have you? Have you had any problems in terms of like when you when you open one of the iPads and something is out of sync or um, there's some problems with one account not being available on the other device? Like any kind of software inconsistency between them that has either caused you problems or slowed you down? Like, um, what? How would you say that you know setting up a besides setting up iOS, but using the same apps in multiple places? Like, what's your experience been? By and large, I've had no real problems with it. Right? Um, you know, the, the, any problems that I have had would have ex- existed from my iPhone to my iPad. Right? Like, they're not necessarily unique to the having two iPads. Right? So, like, I've had issues where Apple Notes wasn't syncing properly, uh-huh. or I've had issues where Todoist wasn't syncing properly. But that is across every machine, and it's like it's not just unique to the fact that I have two iPads right. that I'm managing on a you know on a frequent basis. One thing that I just make sure that I do is every now and then, like because you know the the, the ten point five can go for stretches, maybe a few weeks where it's not used. So I'll just I always keep that one on my desk, and if I'm kind of just like noodling around on my desk i'll grab that ipad make sure every all my apps are up to date and that kind of stuff right. Th- that that device is the only device where i have automatic updates turned on so oh, it's i do the same updating. yeah yeah and i also for both of my ipads i have uh the automatic app downloading okay so 
I don't have this turned on on my iPhone, and I've never had it turned on before. But so this way, if I download an app on my 12.9, it will show up on my 10.5, which mitigates a lot of the requirements for me to have to think about these devices. Now, of course, they're going to be out of order from a, like a layout perspective on the home screen. They may not have the data in them that I need, but I'm not going to have that like mental break of like, where's that app? Especially because I, I launch most of my apps via Spotlight. Most of the time, it doesn't matter where they are. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. But I have the automatic app downloading to make sure that I'm always going to have the apps that I want. Something I wish that it did, and I understand why Apple doesn't do this, um, but if I delete an app from one device, it'd be kind of cool if it deleted from the other one as well. Yeah. <laughs> like I would also like that because sometimes I'll open my, my, my iPad and I'm like, what is this? Like, what are all these apps? I, I like, stopped using this app months ago. <laughs> <laughs> they were like app a game of the day like four weeks ago right that like i downloaded and didn't like but like it sticks on that device Still there but like that that is a good way to make sure that i at least have most of what i expect to be on the device by having them like mirror what's being downloaded um every now and then i sit down and just make sure that my home screen is completely in sync um but again you know like i just did that last week it would have been months mm -hmm. since the last time i did it because my home screen very rarely changes significantly yeah. right um and i only do this just so again like it it it, it just keeps my mental models in check right like yeah. all my muscle memory stays the same because the devices are the same but you know i i expect like you uh, i i basically open every app by spotlight anyway especially because i am a 24-7 smart keyboard attached person yeah. with my iPad Pros. Yeah. Um, it's always attached and like 70% of the time the keyboard is, is being used. Mm. Um, I only ever don't use the keyboard if I'm in bed because that noise will not go down very well <laughs> no. uh, in in this household. So it's, that is the time when the, the software keyboard will be used. But yeah, I'm, I, I very much use my iPads like a regular computer, right? Like keyboard out in front. And then I, I use lots of keyboard shortcuts. I, I, I think I use more keyboard shortcuts on iOS than I do on Mac OS, frankly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I would love to get a trackpad one day. Honestly, I would 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 really, really like that. Um, but it's like a fingers crossed one day mm -hmm. moment. What I've, what I've discovered in... Um, so you, you turned me into this idea of multiple iPads. And what I've been doing is... Um, Kind of similar to your setup, but also uh, kind of different in the sense that I work from the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, and I also take that with me because when I'm when I'm working and I'm not at home, it means I'm usually waiting somewhere in my car, and I still find it more comfortable for me to use the big iPad Pro with the bridge keyboard instead of typing on the small iPad Pro with the smart keyboard. But what I do is my small iPad Pro sits at home and it's the iPad that I use when I stop working uh, which means when I stop writing and I need to do anything yeah. else. So I want to watch a video or I want to read an article or I want to respond to a bunch of emails. It's the non-writing and non-business if you will in the sense that I don't do accounting or spreadsheets on it iPad that I, that I use for everything else including games. Um, and what I've discovered yeah. is that by keeping the, the small iPad Pro at home uh, and usually always plugged in, um, it, uh, first of all, it acts as a HomeKit hub 
so that uh, you know when I'm out, uh, there's the small iPad Pro. It's uh, it works with HomeKit remote access, and also by using a lot of uh, Apple services and apps that use iCloud, because those apps don't have any limitations for background sync. Whenever I pick up the the small iPad Pro, everything is right there, like my reading list and my email and uh, iMessage. It tends to work pretty well. So the more I use iCloud, the more um, having multiple iPads is not a huge problem. Yeah, I used to uh, use my 10.5 for media type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, it just became the travel thing. Because yeah. honestly, like if I'm watching video or whatever, I want the bigger screen for it. Right. Um, I also as well, like the 9.7 inch, I used way more for that stuff than the 12.9. Because the 9.7 had a much better screen. Oh, but that's then when the 12.9 yeah. caught up, yeah. like my requirements to like separate them at home became less because I had a bigger screen that was also as good as it could possibly be. So you know, at that point, I kind of I kind of kept to it. I will say as well, um, for me, all of this stuff increased significantly uh, when the 10.5 came out because I genuinely believe the 10.5 inch iPad is the perfect iPad for for pretty much everybody um because the screen is big enough like it's just big enough like that that difference that like one and like that, that one inch more really does make a very nice difference it gives you a little bit more space for keyboards right because they made the device slightly larger and super thin super light and the screen is incredible right like i i that's the ipad that i personally recommend to people um i think that's you know and it works great personally and and so when that device came out i was way more comfortable to have it as my primary travel device like last year i spent uh, like three and a half weeks away from home um i was bouncing between cities in america for different business related stuff and for the entire time i just had the 10.5 with me and it worked great like i had no problem with it at all i was getting all of my daily work done on it every day i remember when i came home and sat down in front of the 12.9 i was like what is this battleship that is sitting in front of me <laughs> like it was such a weird feeling cuz i'd spent the best part of a month working on the 10.5 and this is like managing my business right like i'm sending invoices and dealing with spreadsheets and working on show notes and all of that stuff the 10.5 can handle it like easy yeah. like that that screen size is fantastic but the 12.9 of course it offers more the apps can be laid out slightly differently right so some apps will take advantage of it and show you more yes. on screen which kind of for maximum productivity um it, it is the better device but the 10.5 it really fits that sweet spot very very nicely better than any other ipad has come before it, i think like it it straddles the line between content creation and content consumption <laughs> better than any other ipad that came before it, i think yeah i think so it's the it's the ipad that i recommend to most people if you want to get a great ipad but don't need the the huge one that's the one to get and also a point about yeah. the, the 12.9 it always looks bigger when you look at it 
and when someone else is using like it, like the plus phones. Yes, it's always right? bigger plus in phones. someone else's hands. Yep, <laughs> and then yep, those huge. Like things. when when I when I use it, it doesn't because I'm used to it. It doesn't seem huge, but then if I see someone like Jason, for example, when I was looking at Jason working on the iPad with his bridge keyboard, in we were together in Chicago in October, and that iPad it seemed <laughs> insanely huge, uh, but that's mm-hmm. just a strange visual effect when you're not using it, I suppose. Um, so I there's a bunch more questions that I want to ask you about future iPads and thoughts about you know where the platform is going. Uh, before we move on to those questions, I think we should thank our friends at Pingdom, Mike. We most certainly should. Uh, Pingdom is the company who will offer you uptime monitoring and web performance management. The reason that we love Pingdom and that they are so awesome is they will help keep your site and the sites that you love online. Pingdom will monitor your site so you don't have to, giving you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. Because stuff breaks on the internet all the time. Pingdom detect 400,000 outages every single day. So regardless of whether you have a small website or you're managing a complete infrastructure, it is so important to monitor the availability and performance of what you've got going on. If you have something online, you want people to see it. If they can't see it, you want to know so you can fix it. You don't want to have to find out that your website's down because there's a tweet or an email sent to you. That's why you need Pingdom. All you need to do is give them the URL that you want to be monitored and they take care of the rest. If something goes wrong, they will notify you in a out of ways that you can choose from. You can choose all of them if you want, so you can have like a kind of battleship situation. I've said battleship twice in this episode for some reason. Uh, go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CANVAS at checkout, and you'll get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and RelayFM. So I wanted to ask you, Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that Apple can release a new iPad that will convince you to go back to using one? And let me add this extra part to this question that it's not in the document that I sent you. Uh-oh. What if this new iPad could be folded? Oh, dang, Federico. <laughs> <laughs> now what you ab- see. <laughs> what about the foldable iPad? <laughs> I don't care about the other part of this question. Let's talk about a foldable iPad. <laughs> so in, in your mind, right... What is a fold does a foldable iPad let me have like two different screen sizes? Well, th- there's the you know, there's a lot of discussion lately about uh, how the industry is moving towards these foldable displays. And I suppose the idea would be that you have this display that you can fold and the OS would dynamically adjust so that you have like one portion of the screen and then you have two portions of the screen, so a bigger single kind of desktop um and i suppose the idea it's not to go back to the flip phone where you open it and then you have a keyboard inside but more like you have a big screen then you have a small screen but you're not switching devices i suppose that's the idea um and that seemed like you know like a prime candidate for it's a small ipad and then it's a big ipad you know if 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 apple ever makes one that's of course then yeah so I would say that like this, the Federico Vitici foldable iPad is is maybe like the only way that I could imagine going back to one device, because mm-hmm. in theory, in theory, you get the best of both worlds. Now I'd have to see what it would be like, right? Because if it's super thick and heavy, but it's right. small, like the screen is small because it's folded in half. I don't know if that's good or not, right? Like I don't know if that 
gives me what I'm looking for, right? Like if if it's big and like it's it's say it like weighs two pounds or whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying a random amount. I think that'd be way too heavy. But anyway, let's say it weighs two pounds because we're going back to that. And it's nice and folded out and it's like a 14-inch screen or something, right? That's great. If I fold it in half and it's a seven-inch screen but it still weighs two pounds and now it's twice as thick, I don't know if that's better, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if I actually want that. I don't know. But in theory, like... Having one device that has both screen sizes and can maybe be operated in interesting ways is a way that I could imagine going back to two. But the reason that I couldn't imagine it with the current idea of like these two models is that I feel like I'm always going to be chasing Apple down the road, mm-hmm. right? So like if they make the 10.5 inch one, if they made the screen even bigger on that, for example, right? It's like, oh, great. It's even bigger now. That's wonderful. But then they're probably just going to do that to the 12.9 as well. So then the 12.9 has got an even bigger screen, right? So I feel like that I would constantly, and I probably will, just be chasing the improvements of both devices as they're being made because they're both going to be made better than the current version. So it's always going to remain enticing to me. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You're always um, going to try to adjust and uh, and eventually you're going to realize there's no perfect model that fits exactly what you want to do with the iPad. Um, Unless, of course, there's the magical foldable displays, which I struggle to imagine in the near future because we're talking about a device that, like when you imagine this idea of like like a a newspaper that you can roll, um, I struggle to imagine like, like an iPad that can do that in the sense that it's a screen, but it's also got like a motherboard and batteries and and a case. How could you fold an iPad like? Because you see all these mockups right on the internet of foldable displays, and the the, the graphics that you see are always like this foldable OLED displays. It's like a magazine when you roll it. And I yeah, don't think every every image is always just <laughs> two hands rolling a screen up. I, I honestly doubt that we're gonna see that kind of technology in the hands of consumers in like two weeks years it feels like at least like 10 years away to me so i will say i i, I see where you're coming from but bezelless that's came true, yeah. fast right yeah. like we went from like thick bezels to no bezels in a lot of in a lot of phones right like basically the bezel now is purely like just to hold the screen together you know like they're becoming so thin they're getting to the point where we can't really have them any smaller because we won't be able to hold the devices properly right like on our phones or whatever and they you mm-hmm. know they're shaving millimeters off all the time but that that kind of that technology as with a lot of smartphone advancements came very fast and yeah. then all of a sudden everyone has it so samsung man they're saying like Within a year, maybe. Oh yeah, the they note made might a, be foldable. They they had this announcement, that like this note during like an yeah. investor meeting or something. Like, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna make a foldable phone <laughs> next year. Okay. So like you know, th- th- honestly, I believe that they will probably be first to this anyway. But for two reasons: one, it's weird, and Samsung like to do weird stuff. Like yes. they will try weird stuff. And the other, like if it's screen tech, they're like they the best make in the world it. at screen tech. Yeah. So like. Of course, if anyone's doing it, they're doing it. But yeah, I feel like I'm always going to be now chasing that kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. device on the streets, device in the sheets type situation. Yeah. Which I cannot believe I have not thought of until now. Like that is, 
That's how it's like. I have the iPad on the streets and the iPad in the sheets. Like that's that's kind of how I live my life, I guess. <laughs> um, let let me ask you this. So there's WWDC coming in June, and uh, the rumor has it that we're probably gonna get new iPads at WWDC. If not, then maybe in September or October. But this year, uh, we should be getting new iPad Pros. Yeah, I am on the uh, WWDC bandwagon. By the way, I think I, it's happening in June. I, I hope so too. Um, what do you want to see in the new in the new iPad Pro? So I want Face ID because, like, why not? Honestly, I don't have much trouble with Touch ID. It it doesn't feel weird to me. You know, I'm like when I'm on my iPad, I'm like, well, yeah, because that's how the iPad works. I use the Touch ID sensor. But I would like Face yeah. ID because, like, it would you know just why not it'd be fun i think it might be really really nice with an ipad as well you know like you just pick it up and it's just ready to go um i would like that you know and i would like the the unification of some of the gestures um i get i wouldn't say i get confused but every now and then i'll find myself like i'm on the second screen of my ipad and i want to go to the first screen and i swipe up and it just puts me into multitasking i'm like ah that wasn't what I wanted, right? Because on my iPhone, if I'm on the second screen and I swipe up, it just takes me back to the first screen. So these don't cause me problems, but it would be nice, I think, just to have them all be unified in some way, which I think they would do. Um, And But the main reason that I want uh, a Face ID camera is because it's going to reduce the bezels again. And this will either make the screens bigger or the devices smaller, and whatever one they choose of those, I will be perfectly happy with, right? Honestly, I don't, if you ask me like now, I don't really have a preference for either of those because they are, they both offer unique um, advantages, you know? Mm-hmm. Smaller packages are, are great because they're easier to move around. They'll be lighter. They'll be, you know, just, just more comfortable. But bigger screens, I mean, bigger screens are always great, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, so I, I honestly, I don't care which they go with. I am, I think I'm very, I'm, I'm more excited about the idea of like a 13.5 or 13.7 or whatever inch iPad Pro. I think that would yes. be pretty amazing. But if they turn around and said, here's the 12.9 and then they shrink the bezels in, I'm still going to go wild for it because like that would be great, right? So that's the main reason I want Face ID because it, it might mean that we get even smaller bezels on these devices. Um, I also want to see... I want to see what makes the iPad Pro Pro, right? You know, like giving the regular iPad a, the pencil has brought them closer together. And I'm interested to see if there's anything else that Apple are kind of going to replace that with as an advantage in the iPad Pro that doesn't exist on other devices right now, right? So giving it Face ID and slim bezels is awesome, but like I already have devices that do that. Like my iPad Pro was the only device I could use an Apple Pencil on, and nothing had ever come before it. It's the same with the smart connector, right? Like I, I don't know I don't know what it is, but like I would love another thing where they're like and we've introduced this new thing and it like it only works on the iPad Pro, right? Like as a way yeah. to kind of show the future. Um I think that would be great, you know, and I think foldable screens, I guess, might be one of those. Uh I would love some updates and some new accessories. You know, I, I love me the smart keyboard, uh, honestly, like I'm a big fan of it, but I would love it to have a trackpad, right? Like something like that, you know, um, that would be really cool. Um, and, and I think I would I would be a big fan of that, even if it was just text selection. But honestly, there are times when like 
just having a cussle might be kind of nice. Mm-hmm. You know? You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there are times when it would just it would it would work pretty nicely. Like if I'm reading a big story, I would like to be able to just scroll through the story. You know, like what I do a lot is I'll like hit the space bar when I'm in a web browser. But I would like to be able to scroll. I'd like to be able to zoom in with just using gestures rather than doing it on the screen. Like if I'm like kicking back and reading something, I want to be reaching out the whole time, right? So like there are times when it would be nice, I think, to have uh, a cursor, like a a trackpad. And that could be a cool thing to add uh, to a smart keyboard redesign or something in the future. Um, I hope that they never touch the key switches. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> i feel like you know i'm I'm in the small club of of apple users that that is happy with their keyboard right like i really like the smart keyboard i like the way the key switches feel um i i have limited use with the macbook pro key switches but honestly i don't really like them um i don't like the shallow feeling like i get used to it if i use it for a while but when i go back to my smart keyboard i'm like oh yeah i much prefer this so don't touch that Uh, i do want to see a new apple pencil i want to see like a a real big like rethink for it and there are a few different things like there's there was a product that came out recently which again being connected to the pen world really helped me with this um it is called the uh kaveco grip for Apple Pencil mm-hmm. and Kaveco Federico are like a a German pen company with a lot of history. Like they make fountain pens and ballpoint pens okay. and not really nice stuff, right? Like this is a pen company that I I have a lot of their products. And kind of just out of the blue they released this Apple Pencil accessory. And it's an aluminium, basically a sleeve that is in two pieces that you screw together and it, it like friction fits to the uh, iPad to the Apple Pencil. And it comes in all four colors. Like it comes in a space gray, a uh, silver, um, a gold, and a and a rose gold. Right. So it's got like all the all the colors. It's got like two options for space gray, I guess. Right. The light one and the dark one, uh, and then gold and rose gold. So it's got all the different colors you want. And then what it does is it gives you a bit more weight to the Apple Pencil. It maybe makes it a little bit too heavy because the Apple Pencil is long. I I would like to see the Apple Pencil actually get a bit shorter anyway. I think that it is too long. Um, But it gives me a grip like because it's got what's called a knurled grip, which is like this. It's a nice grip, like kind of uh, cut into the aluminium. And it also has flat sides so that it doesn't roll away. Um, I really, really like this product a lot. And those are like two of the bit, like two or three of the big features I would like to see Apple do. I want to see an aluminium version of the Apple Pencil. I want it to not be completely cylindrical. And I want it to have a nice kind of grip on it. So when you're holding it, like it has a grip area that you hold on to. So that's some stuff I'd like to see. Um, I would love it if they could integrate this new technology that only exists in the crayon, where you don't have to pair it, right? Where it's just proximity. Yeah. I think that that would be great to have on all of them. I don't know why that's just on on there. That might be, I mean, potentially that might be technology that they, they created and might bring to the other devices. Who knows? I would like to see that. Um, and a way for the Apple Pencil to be a bit smarter about battery. Like if you keep those two things together, it stays connected and just destroys the battery. You know, so I'd like to see some change there as well. Um you know, I really love the Apple Pencil, but it is very clearly a version one product, and there are a bunch of things that they could do to it, uh, and that that would be great. I would love to see some big changes happen there. Yeah, I I basically agree with all the things you said, especially the part about um, 
the trackpad stuff because I've gone on this back and forth, back and forth a lot, and I'm at the point where I almost wish that Apple made like a 14-inch iPad Pro and made it like officially like a convertible laptop because mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you when you say the the words convertible laptop, a lot of people say, oh no 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 no, Apple is never gonna do that, but the reality is that the iPad Pro already kind of is a convertible laptop. Apple just never had the courage to go all the way there and say, yes, this is a convertible laptop. Because they're setting this screen that you can attach to a keyboard and the the OS adapts to the keyboard. And then when Mm -hmm. you detach it, it does something else. So you can pick it up and go. It's basically already like 60% of the way there. And I... I kind of wish that Apple went all the way into this concept of it's a laptop, but it's also a screen that you can pick up and yeah, transform I, I, into I a tablet. Yeah, I would like to see what makes that different, right? Like, I, yes. I am definitely in that camp too. Like, I would like to see Apple try and make something that's in a laptop, com- like a convertible form factor that runs iOS. Like, I don't know why it would be different to an iPad Pro with a keyboard, but I would like to see why and what they could do with it personally. I think this was a Pretty fascinating discussion. I, I guess our listeners are used to uh, us working on a single iPad Pro, so it's a. I think yours is a really fascinating perspective. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, of- I don't know if it is something I recommend to everyone, honestly. But 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 I, it does really work for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if, if people have, have uh, like an iPad that they're not using it anymore, it's like it sits in a drawer or something. Uh, they, they should probably try and set it up again and see if they can uh, use it for you know other things than the than the main iPad. Yeah, like family iPad, kitchen yeah. iPad. You know, you I don't know. You like fix it to the wall somewhere and. Just have something you can talk to Siri in. Who knows? I've seen people do that, like uh, yeah. like attach an iPad to the wall and have a lightning cable <laughs> going to the iPad. Yeah. Um, so thank you for for your story, Mike. This was really interesting. All right. So that was episode fifty eight of Canvas. You can find the show notes for this week's episode at relay.fm slash canvas slash fifty eight. Um, I am Mike Hurley. I'm at iMike on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici. Uh, you can find us there if you would like to. Uh, thanks again to Sanebox and Pingdom for their support of the show. But most of all, thank you for listening. And next time, your dynamic duo will be back. Say goodbye, Federico. Ciao, Mike.